The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by none other than DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process at 302-864-8643. And Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. StatesideVodka.com on the show today. Boy, it really just does seem like it is the final bunch of games in the regular season as a win over the Mavericks just couldn't have looked worse for most of the game. So we have that. Joel Embiid skips the MVP showdown with Nikola Jokic and maybe the most predictable moment for Sixers basketball of the last 10 years. CJ was there in the filter in, but we find out if he was kidnapped by Coven and the anonymous Coven member, and what the hell is going on there? It's got to be Coven. No, it's Coven. Count all votes even now. No, I know what the stands for, but yeah. the word is Coven. He says Coven. You saw the video. Yeah, but he pronounces a lot of things wrong. Well, we don't know who it was. It was anonymous. He calls him Harold Mori. Yeah, well, he Are we going to call him Harold? I was trying to... <laughs> sorry, I was trying to play it so we could hear Let, him say let's Coven. See, let's see, Jay produce the show you don't know how to do it anymore he's back yes right right right. we'll get to it it's not coven though it's coven okay he's not a witch well what's coven count all votes you that you can our votes even now that's irrelevant (laughs) we'll get to that later (laughs) also we will get to the ringer top 100 as well as your voicemails and emails we have surpassed nine thousand youtube subscribers now that we know cj is here you have to save his job we need to get to ten thousand by the time the playoffs start we need 950 more if you're watching on youtube subscribe right there and set up notifications if you're not watching on youtube go over to youtube and subscribe i did mention stateside man i have not had a drink in what 30 days now something like that, since Lent began. And my first drink will be on stage at Live Ricky Five as I have a Surfside iced tea and vodka. I think I've decided on the straight Surfside iced tea and vodka. Remember, you can get the peach tea and vodka, the iced tea lemonade and vodka, the lemonade straight and vodka, or any other stateside product, the amazing vodka soda, or just the straight up vodka at statesidevodka.com. We love Stateside. Can't wait to party with Stateside at Live Ricky Five. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Larry, sweetie, the man is here. We will write y'all. Welcome to the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who has the audacity to tell terrorist groups how to pronounce their names. That is one Mike Levin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
yes. We're <laughs> the Sixers are playing. We are doing some sort of skit. Well, the and the skit's better than the basketball, right? This very second. Yeah, the basketball was was pretty rough. Yeah. For most of the game. I did write down when was the last time the Sixers contested a shot at one point. And Doc keeps just going his own, thinking, hey, what's worse than a guy not covering his guy? And it's everybody not covering anybody is the answer. Um, it's a soft zone. There's no energy. There's no limbs. They're standing or they're, they're just like standing in the area that they know they're supposed to stand. Like it, this team as currently constructed, like should not, should not be in a zone. I understand like giving Embiid the occasional rest thing, whatever, but it's not going to be a success against good shooting teams, which they keep playing good shooting teams. Like it's not going to, they're going to get easy shots. It's not hard to do in, in the modern NBA to get good, easy shots from three out of a zone. Anyway. Yeah. And beating Harden are back. They didn't look good. No. Not in the first half, especially. I thought Harden started distributing better in the second half. But yeah, concerned about his burst. Concerned about a, like a lack of lift on his threes. Mm-hmm. All season long was like, that's so good. That's such a nice thing to see. Like he's got good touch and arc and just like feeling bouncy from there. And it doesn't feel like as good there. But I did think he bounced back in the second half, distributed well, and I, I like that he steal, sealed the game with a steal on Luca. I thought that was nice. Um, and yeah, Embiid, do you do you think he looked okay? I don't know. I I can't tell whether he is. They, they he looked look, annoyed at first, for sure, yeah. like morose and annoyed. Yes, they he looked morose. They looked out of sorts. Yeah. Harden, I'm I'm certainly not breaking any news here, but when I mentioned that I was worried about the injury and his, if we remember, two years to get over a hamstring injury, sure. I literally two years to get over a hamstring injury. I'm just I'm watching it with a a very keen and worried eye. Now, someone did mention to me that he looked fucking terrible when he came back from injury earlier this year sure which is true in that first game back i think it was against the rockets right so i guess that's possible he could be like Embiid, you know time off i mean just you know eats and hangs out and gets bad but i didn't think i agree with you that harden looked better in the second half but did you notice this little thing he was doing when i and maybe i'm over maybe he does this all the time and i was just watching for it but he was doing this thing on pick and rolls where he was like, when he was going by Embiid, he was like throwing the ball out in front of him almost to like cheat because he wasn't getting there quick enough. So he was turning the corner and sort of like throwing the ball out and catching up to it. And it, I don't, it made me really worried. Embiid, I don't know. I, he didn't look great but i also didn't think he looked bad i just thought he he looked like he was mailing in the game yeah until and the I, yeah. second half or later yep. in the fourth quarter when he had a really nice block on luca yeah at the end him him being able to do that without fouling is very special and i do think refs give him the benefit of the doubt because he is such a good defensive player that they don't typically call fouls on him for contesting those shots that they call on other guys yeah um he's earned that respect for sure um, I don't think he had a jumper in the first half, or at least I don't remember one. Um, 
it seemed like the jumper started becoming a weapon more in the in the second half. Um, yeah, my my favorite play was Embiid has the ball in the post. They're in a zone. Luca comes from his blind side, strips him. Embiid wrestles the ball back, which if you listen to the podcast for a long time, I've been always very vocal about the fact that Embiid's hands are more weak than the rest of his body. He does, is not strong with the ball. But him, for him to wrestle the ball back from him, take a quick shot to beat the shot clock, he misses the shot, but Melton goes hard after the offensive rebound, and then he draws a loose ball foul because of it. I thought that was just a good like a play that like the Sixers would would happen on the other side against like Miami or something when they just get out toughed and out hustled for a, a play. And it was nice for, for like an almost good play to happen. It was nice that that we benefited from that and, and Embiid uh, played a part in that. Yeah. I mean, I really like the Harden Embiid transition play that ended in like the no dribble Euro dunk. finger roll from Joel. Oh. I thought that was very nice. What dunk um, am I thinking of? Maybe that was just, a yeah, the dunk, he also had the dunk. Then. That was nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're back on like, I mean, Jared J- Vanderbilt looked. Um, J- wait, J- Jalen. Wait, Jalen McDaniels. <laughs> sorry, it's been Jalen McDaniels. I'm sorry, it's been a night. Jalen McDaniels had maybe the worst game of of any Sixer this year. I think. Can mm-hmm. I? He did blue. He blew lobs from both Harden and Embiid. Yep, which I thought uh, was pretty special. Niang had his moments both ways. I I swear every time he misses a three. I I don't say this I don't think George Nang listens to the pod, but like when he misses a three, I want to punch him in the stomach, kind of, like because I get so irritated with him when he misses a three. That that foul at the end of the first quarter, was it the end of the that first was, quarter? Right. That was bad, yeah. Really bad, you know? Really bad. Really stupid. Uh, stuff. The Melton Tobias Harris fast break was the our intro video should just be that for over and over again for a minute and three seconds. It was one yeah, of the worst guys, things I've ever seen. Two guys who are both both have their transition issues, finishing issues. Tobias doesn't have trouble finishing himself, but when he is involved in some sort of pair in any transition opportunity, his brain, the wires of his brain catch fire. Uh, and it's tough because I'm seeing that play happen. Melton, like, okay, at least he's he's either going to get this layup himself, or we're going to get a we're going to get a dunk from Tobias. Like, I'm excited about the idea of like, okay, here's another dunk. Let's gonna we're gonna sort of chip this away at our at our uh, career high for old to- old Toby. Um, and he just it's both of them. It's torture. They they don't know how to do it. No. Um, going back to a couple of things, Niang. Sorry. Um, I, yeah, the he had a couple, the offense was terrible for the first while until really Niang hit a couple threes to get the crowd into it to get the offense going at all he finished four of seven when he hits threes he's a huge huge asset to this team so much gravity gets it off so quick like has the most touch on threes like he's he it's very helpful but man some really stupid stuff on the defensive end he is both him and and pj are just so are like the worst off ball defenders in the league like Niang had two strips, one on Luka, one on Kyrie, which is very impressive. And he just needs to do that kind of stuff. He needs to use his good hands. Like his his hands are the quickest part about him. Nothing else, His hands and his release. Nothing else about him is quick whatsoever. Um, so he needs to have those kinds of plays to just like survive out there. 
PJ, man. He's, he had like a steel gift wrap for him. Later, he fell over instead of getting it. He, he did I, so have a nice, tough layup. He had a layup. Let's, yeah. let's ap- applaud for the layup. Yeah. He, so I play, I'm in this basketball game with uh, a, a number of, some percentage of people. Sorry. Yeah. Some percentage of people in this game are like old comedy writers, like yeah. in their fifties and sixties, and you, and they like cover each other, and like you got like everybody get each team gets two of them, and you just like deal with it. And like I know this guy Fred, who I love. You can't give Fred the ball unless he's in like this these two small areas of the court, or it's just not going to work out. And it's like PJ is is like that, and and he, and he's PJ on on the other end is like Randy who is always overhelping, leaving his man to just sort of like wander, but he's not helping in a helpful way. He's just helping to just be there and leave his man wide open. PJ tags Kleba, which is really not even tag a rolling Maxi Kleba. who's really just like hugged him, really just gave him like a hug. Luca swung it to Hardaway in the corner and PJ was just like, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to try to go out there. And it's like, what are you doing? Just don't leave your guy so often. He leaves his guy so often. And if he just stayed attached to one guy, then I would be like, okay, we can't, he's not going to help. He's not going to do stuff, but he's at least going to like make sure that his guy doesn't, every time that his guy touches the ball, he's going to have to work to score. But he just like has this other idea of himself that he's not extremely slow and have short arms and he can like, he can cover the whole court at once and he just can't. He's a horrendous, he has the worst, the lowest steal rate of his career. He's missing. And now he's missing all of his threes from his spot. It's brutal. We'll make when we'll make when PJ misses now. those shots, I, I don't, I don't, I don't distrust him in the playoffs. Yeah, I really don't. But like, he's been so bad for so much of the year. Not all of the year, but for much of the year, he's been horrendous. And it's like, when the team looks bad, it's so easy to go to, well, this fucking guy doing nothing, and and generating offense for the other team simply him and Niang simply by just leaving their guy wide open. And it's really it, it it's it, it is torture. It's torture to watch. Actually, appropriate time. We got this uh, a PJ Tucker voicemail eight three three lickface. Not from PJ Tucker. Hey guys, Seth from Bethesda here. Sorry, CJ got kidnapped, but it will make it easier to fire him. So you got that going for you. I just wanted to let you know that my entire emotional well being is riding on PJ Tucker at this point. We brought him in here for the playoffs, but right now he is the first domino. He misses two three-pointers, we lose to the Warriors, Embiid plays the next day, we get blown out by the Suns, then Embiid doesn't play against the Nuggets last night, he is the sole human being to blame. You know Harden's going to show up in the Harden-y way, you know Embiid is going to play, you know he's probably going to get hurt at some point, but fight his way through. P.J. Tucker needs to be the X-factor and if he doesn't, I will never forgive him for not being able to make a wide open jump shot ever, ever. It all rides on PJ Tucker, which is exactly what you want. <laughs> I, I just, I don't agree with that, that yeah. it all rides on him. I just need him to do a little bit more because it's just like the, the idea of having four guys on the court that on offense that can do anything. And one guy that like is just going to, you know be fred i love fred i love him and he said he's gonna listen to this podcast at some point and i hope he doesn't listen to this one i don't want him to feel bad but like if he doesn't get the ball in the corner fred seems like you're you're trying to 
He's not going to do anything with it. He's just like, and there's not a shot clock in my game. If the shot clock, the shot clock would be going off constantly. It'd be a 90 second shot clock. The, it's just, it's just really, it's really rough to watch. Like it shouldn't like, and in the same way that you rightfully did not give Matisse the rope to like, like figure things out the way I wanted him to. Like, I was like, okay, we're seeing stuff. And you're just like, Hey, he's a, he's an NBA player. He's got to be able to like hit a layup. He's got to be able to like, Hit a, hit a wide open shot, any of that stuff. I feel that way about PJ because PJ is a thousand years old and he should be able to do this stuff. He should. And he's not as impactful on consistently on the defensive end. Be- Sometimes he is, but not consistently. And he just gives up too much stuff and, he's, and he doesn't give them anything on the offensive end. And it's, 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 it's brutal. And that's why Doc can't play him in the fourth quarter so much because they can just, they can just leave him. They can just leave him wide open. Their best player, whether it's, Giannis or Robert Williams or whoever can just leave him 20 feet away because they know they can catch up to him um, because he's he is incapable of doing really anything at this point in the offensive end. He'll be fine. Cornblow and Cornblow. <laughs> I'm confident. I have to be. Cornblow and Cornblow is the official law firm of the process and the sponsor of the VIP section of Live Ricky Five. Of course, if you get your picture with Paul Reed that night, it will have a Cornblow and Cornblow logo on it. That's what you want out of your personal injury law firm. One that'll sponsor the pictures with the bench center at a podcast live show. Anyway, Cornblow and Cornblow been there for 40 years. I, I, I heard a commercial the other day for a personal injury law firm in Philadelphia, and they were bragging about how big they were. And I just thought to myself, how is that a benefit for me? that at your law firm, there are tons and tons and tons of lawyers. What I want is personal service if I'm going to personal injury law firm. And that is what Cornblow and Cornblow provides you. That's why they've had, they have some of the biggest medical malpractice results in all of Southeastern PA. Um, and it's not just medical malpractice, it's any personal injury, injured at work, um, car accident, slip and fall, whatever it is. But while the other ones you hear about are bragging about how big they are, I'm going to brag about how personal Cornblow and Cornblow is. When you call, when you email, you get the person we're talking about. You don't get a referral service. You don't get a switchboard. You will get a Cornblow. And he has been so good to so many of our listeners who have other legal questions and need some advice. If you need some advice, if you're injured, don't be a hero. Reach out to Cornblow and Cornblow. Doesn't cost you anything. 215 576 7200. Ask for Adam or email Cornblow at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. That is K O R N B L A U. If you don't know how to spell it, check the VIP picture from Live Ricky Five. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Uh, Maxi, can I, can I express it? one little worry I'm having about Maxi? Maxi yeah. seems, and maybe I'm just not used to it. And it, I, I still like, I watch him hitting the threes and I don't, I, I still don't believe it all the time. It feels like he's not getting to the rim as much as I would like him to. And sort of like falling in love with the step back to the side jumper. And I feel like if he would just go to the rim a little bit more, those shots would it would all come together a little bit more. It feels like he's falling in love with the the jumper a little bit. Well, I think that's the that's the reason why Maxi is. If Maxi was six six, yeah, he he could potentially be the best player in the league. 
Like he could get, he could grow to become like a top 10 player in the league because of how good of a shooter he is, how fast he is like, but he's too small. And so there's guys he just can't, he can't score against. He can't go to the rim against. And his right hand is so good that like you saw it against Denver. Like every time he got to his right, he was scoring. Mm-hmm. He brought them back in the game because it was just like him going right. He had, he was 10 of 15 on twos in the, in the Denver game. Um, it was just like truly unstoppable uh, to mention. I was, I had the, the Denver feed for that game and they just kept bringing it up. The broadcast was like, you make him go left. Like he's going to probably have to like pivot and do a turnaround. He can hit that. Um, and for a little guy, especially like he's really good in the lane there, but, um, but yeah, he's, he's just not big enough to, to, and his, and his, he's not as confident with his left, either with dribbling with the left or finishing with the left as he is with the right. Um, but yeah, I thought in the beginning of this one, him, it was noticeable how much he was deferring. And I think that's a, a symptom or an indication of like, well, Harden and a beater back, obviously he's going to, he's going to be spreading the floor a little bit more and, and his role's going to change. But I, they do need, especially when both of those guys are playing sluggishly. I wish there was like a way for them to just convey, Hey, both of us are going to be like sort of cranky out there tonight. Yeah. Go so for like, it. so it's all you, man. And so it, uh, eventually yeah. he got going and, and had, a, had a bunch of nice plays and he really is just a special shooter. And I love how money he is from the corner. Um, and I love, how, I love when Harden just knows Maxie's streaking and Harden gets a rebound and just sort of like Kevin Love chest passes it deep and Maxie's just going to run under it Catches and catch it for a layup. It. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, a, it's a fun play. I thought, he, I thought his defense in the first half was pretty bad, but then he worked really hard on Kyrie in the second and that was noticeable and made, him, made it hard for him and, and Kyrie didn't, didn't burn him as much as, as they did in the first half. Um, and then Cardinal Sin, I bet he's getting talked to about this in the locker room. B-ball screens for Maxi. B-ball rolls. B-ball <laughs> calls for it. Maxi passes it to him. And then he drops it and falls. No, no, he finished. It was a layup. He got a layup out of it. But Harden's going to pull pull him aside for that one because as everybody knows, you can't give, when B-ball calls for it, you can't give him the ball. That's a rule. That's the real point guards will know that you can't pass it to an open B-ball Paul. No, I loved it. Um, Speaking of B-ball Paul. What's the one? Oh, Harden was the one that passed it to him when he dropped it in the lane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was obviously the Denver game was a was an excellent B ball Paul game. I, it yeah. didn't bother me as much as it bothered other people that he that Deadman started. I didn't if they like B ball just coming off the bench like to play with the same groups. Or, yeah, like yeah. rhythmically, I, yeah. I think that's totally fine. Um, the idea that I didn't love like we're going to go small for a little bit because like they just they're just an incapable. They cannot rebound. They are a team that cannot rebound and cannot protect the rim without. Embiid or B-Ball Paul out there. And they obviously got decimated in a small ball lineup with PJ out there. PJ, who in 23 minutes against Denver had zero statistics. Um, but B-Ball was awesome. 7-7 seven seven from the field, 16 points, 9 rebounds. A plus 5 against Denver, which is big. And I thought he was great tonight. Not Obviously not as big. I loved like, B-Ball tonight. He was, I love his he was offensive awesome. rebounds. He was I awesome. Loved- he, sc- he screamed at a ref. He's uh, he screamed a ref when he got the call. When he got way. the call, beautiful, exactly what you're supposed to do. Uh, he did get hit in the head on the on the first miss. That's why he he missed it. Um, but yeah, he just he has so much energy. He pokes the ball out. He comes away with offensive rebounds. He has been like against all of his instincts, kicking it out after an offensive rebound yep. instead of like 
I'm going to now break my man down. Yeah, he hates it. The steam is coming out of his ears because he hates it so much. But I think it's solid and helpful. And he's just like, he's just always going to give you multiple possessions. And like, that's the name. That's a big deal. Like, it's not something that should be just like, oh, well, whatever. Like, that's yeah, he gets offensive rebounds, but fine. Like he makes things happen on the on the offensive end, even though he's not super skilled. He did hit a jumper against Denver. He missed one tonight. Um, it's just he's the the offensive rebounding on the on one end and and some finishing level. He's got to get better hands. His hands are a little bit stiff sometimes. Um, but and and then defense being able to play drop with him because he can protect the rim and also switch. Like he was covering Kyrie. He was covering Luca. Like. They're going to hit shots. They're excellent offensive players. He did a good job going, on those guys, though. He did a great job on them. And he's, and he's going to force them into taking tough, contested, oftentimes step-back, fadeaway jumpers. And that's a win. If you do that against those guys, that is a win. And he did, and you don't need to help out onto him. And whoever is telling anybody, whether it's Dan Burke or or uh, what's his name, the Sacramento former Sacramento coach. Yeah, Dave Yeager or Sam Cassell or Doc or anybody, Dwayne Jones, anybody, whoever's telling somebody to help, help Paul on an Island. No, leave Paul on the Island. Paul loves the Island. Yeah. He's from the Island of Orlando and he should be allowed to live there as long as he wants. Don't help. Uh, He's awesome. He was huge tonight. And like, that's a a quintessential B-ball Paul game. We talk about him a lot because the Sixers backup center has been an issue for a while, but 15 minutes, he's not going to play that much in the playoffs. One foul. Everybody always says he fouls too much. He doesn't. And even if he does, it doesn't matter because he's going to play 10 to 15 minutes in the playoffs max. Five points, five rebounds, three offensive rebounds, steal and a block, minus two. Great. Great. That's all we ask for. He's great. Leave him in. Doc, don't get any fucking ideas. I hate it. I hate Doc uh, for, for how much he hates Paul. Um, but I, I, I agree. I thought he was awesome tonight. Um, you mentioned Melton. Shake Melton is out of the rotation, which I yeah. thought was weird. Um, CJ put it in in our private chat that Doc praised Jalen McDaniels. Said he had a beautiful, had a wonderful. What did he say, CJ? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Don't agree. No, that's don't not agree. True. I thought his defense was that's okay, but his, but he definitely happened. had no, didn't have a phenomenal game. He did hit one corner three. Um, it was it, it was a little bit of a what's Jalen McDaniels good at game. Like yeah. the, missing a lob here and there is fine, but like. It can't you can do it a few too many times. It, it's really a tough thing to be your thing. Uh, like Glenn Robinson III was like his lack of availability and just never showing up was his thing. Um, anyway, I, I thought it was weird. I think Shake's a good player. He's had a couple bad games. I, I wish his release was quicker. Um, but like he's a guy that's like when Niang is a, a liability on one end and PJ Tucker is a liability on the other end. And if Melton is not playing well, like Shake is a guy that like can be at least a, a slightly above average player on both ends. Um, not an excellent defensive player, but but has at least is long and can guard up sometimes. Um, and so I think it's weird that he's out of the rotation, even though he's not a perfect fit as far as like a quick catch and shoot guy. Um, but yeah, Melton, five huge threes tonight. Like I didn't think any of them were going in, uh, but he was five of six from deep. Those were massive. He was a, he was a plus 16 that led the team. Um. Yeah, I thought that was good. We didn't talk about Tobias yet. It was. It was sort of a. It's a Tobias no, game, man. Yeah, <laughs> it was a Tobias game. Every like eight or nine plays, the the team remembers like, oh fuck, he is here. Right. Yeah. We should let him touch the ball. We should let him. We should let him. We should. It's like they have like a conversation. Be like, hey, he Tobias, here you go, man. Do your thing. Um, I thought his defense was pretty good. 
Tobias Knightley's individual one on one. I thought he, I, I think he's fine. Again, like another guy that I don't want helping off of anybody. Um, but I think when it's one on one, he he's like fine enough. Um, he had a really nice baby hook over Luca when the Mavs were in rotation late. Um, when he got like they swung the ball around, got it to Tobias in the dunker spot, and just gave him like one little bang, and then into a baby hook that finished. That was sort of like the stretching the lead. That was a huge play, but. Yeah, I mean that's that's the kind of benefit you get from Tobias being a like if that was Reggie Bullock for us, like he's he doesn't there's nothing he can do in the dunker spot. But because Tobias is like a little bit more advanced as a scorer, even if he's not as like natural of a catch and shoot guy, like he has the like the defense is breaking down and he can do some stuff. And so that right. was a, that was a big play for him. Um, yeah, I mean that's all the players. That's all the players. Like we're we're I, I didn't like this game. I didn't have a good time watching it. They did win. The Mavs are they they the Mavs beat them a couple weeks ago. Uh it was a game that they had to have, even though the positioning, playoff positioning is what it is. It's still frustrating that they looked as bad as they did a couple of those games. And the like logic of Embiid not coming out for the third the second half of the Bulls game, then them lying to us about it very obviously, uh pretending like they didn't. Um, and then him playing a back-to-back and then missing the, the game of the season. Like, that's frustrating. That's frustrating that we're, that like the communication level f- in and out of this team is bad. And yeah. they're going to say like, well, we just, you know, he was healthy enough to play, so we played. Like, we didn't, you know, it's his call. We didn't really even like talk about it. It was like, if you're good to go, you're good to go. They'd probably say something like that. And I just need them to like think about it more. I need them to be a what, little. What bit are more. we on now? What What are we talking about now? Are we talking about Embiid now Embiid and calf, whether he's yeah. playing or not? Okay. Embiid calf. I just need them to be a little bit more intentional about like that's not how it works with your them. star player. It, it needs to be. Hey, we have a back to back right now. It's, it's you just can, missed the second half of this game. You got the biggest game of the season coming up on whatever whatever day it was Monday. It's never been that way with. But him. it needs. I'm saying it needs to be. But it, I'm it saying won't it. Be. It won't it, be. They're, then they're wrong. And that's why, like, when but people it, are pissed at them for him not playing that game, he looked like shit in the whatever the second game of the back to back was. Was it the Suns? Yeah. Um, he looked bad. Like, he shouldn't have been playing. Um, so I, it's just a very confused. The logic and the, of the, like, of the, like, we're figuring that, figuring this out and, and judging this guy of how, when to play him. It, it they just bungled it. And they, no, they, no, they can say, no. like, it's up to him, but like, it's always he, been. They, it's then that, they need to. Then he and they, whoever, whoever is making decisions, needs to do a better job. Of I'm, I agree with you that that's the way it's always been, but like I'm saying, it can't be because like that was bad, and he's hurt and not fully healthy. He missed the game of the season that he gives a shit about. I don't really care about other people and paying customers, whatever the fuck. But like Embiid cares about it, and he sh- that, that conversation should have been had. Hey, we have a back to back. You're not feeling well. Let's sit one of these so you can play the Denver game like that. And he needs to agree with that. Like that had that had to have happened and it didn't. And it was stupid. Well, you don't know if it happened. <laughs> you don't know what they told him. I mean, I mean, you don't. I mean, like his his entire career has been. Uh, we'll do the Embiid thing now. His entire career, every time that we've seen him as a game time decision or questionable or we don't know, like it's all him. It's all him. This this is all his decision. And, and like for it not to be, 
he's not a child, right? And this organization, it's not like they're the Pat Riley Miami Heat where there's like directives about what you're going to do and not do with it with no offense and not trying to trigger you with the Miami Heat stuff. But like, it's never been that way. Daryl Morey's not that kind of a general manager. He's never been that way. Doc Rivers, not that kind of coach, never been that way. She's going to let him fucking play if he wants to play. And the other thing is with him not having an agent, I assume, my assumption is, I could be wrong, but my, my assumption is, is like the Shams interview plant for him to be MVP or whatever was that I would imagine the Sixers and he have to own. You can't do that and then not playing that fucking game. You can't do it. I like I, I man, the number of people were like, all that really matters is the playoffs. Like, shut the fuck up. They get, of course you want them to play in the playoffs, but you can't you can't do an interview where you say how healthy you are, and that's the difference between this season and every season. Basically, call out for Nikola Jokic for not being good at defense, and then basically call them out for winning MVPs and not winning anything, and then not play against Jokic and expect that that's not going to be held against you. Of course, it's going to be held against you. And if it was the other way around, if Nikola Jokic did the same thing and then didn't play against Embiid, we wouldn't be going well, but that other game was the only game that needed to matter. No, of course. I, I think everybody agrees that they wish that he had played. And it's so not just I'm, that I wish. Like, it, it's more than that. Like, it's Well, that's I, why I, to I'm me, a, it's, if, you, if you know that there's a big article coming out with one of the biggest, whatever, yeah. Shams, whoever, whatever Shams' title is, like, he missed the second half, the whole second half of the Bulls game. They lied to us about it. Everybody knew it was a lie. Then there was a back-to-back after missing the second half of the game that he played both games of. He looked like dog shit in the second game. And then he missed the last, like that was so mishandled. I don't care who is to blame for it, but it was very mishandled generally by everybody. It shouldn't have been the case. Why do you think they lied about him not coming back? Because I think that is their natural tendency. I think they can't help it. I don't, I, 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 I don't think so. Like, I Why think, do you think they lied? I think, I think Joel, for his entire career, has been understandably sensitive about whether people perceive him as being injured or not. And well, yeah, missing I think, the, the biggest game of the season is not going to help that. No, I, I agree with you. But like that, that's, that's, I, we're agreeing on a lot of things. I'm making sure. it sound like, I apologize. I'm making it sound like I'm, we're not agreeing. I, I, I guess my, my position is, is that he has to take more ownership of that. Like truly at the end of this, in the NBA, if you're a star player, the best player on the team and you say, I'm playing, then they'll just fucking let you play the same way that you say, if I'm not playing that we would appreciate an organization saying, Hey, you don't feel good. You're not They're not going to force him to play if he doesn't want to. So like, he has to take ownership of that a little bit. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't disagree with any of that. I'm saying I know that I don't know the inner workings of who sure. of this decision making, and yeah. so I'm just blaming the end result, which sure, is that's fine. he leaves this. He leaves, which has never happened before. No, <laughs> if, if there's one person in the world who believed that Embiid was like, oh, we're just up by whatever it was, 24 in this Bulls game, 
ah, I'm just not going to come out. And they're like, yeah, I trust that. I trust that. I believe it. If there's one person that believed it, uh, that person should be forced to run naked through the streets <laughs> of Philadelphia. That is, the, that is the most ridiculous thing in the world. So he's too hurt to come out in the second half of the Bulls game. Maybe he would have played if it was a, if it was a big game. He was already there, whatever. But he was too Probably. hurt to come out to yeah. play. Then they should go, okay, we have a back-to-back, and then we have the Denver game. You should play one of these games because you know you want to play with the Denver game. Who knows when that Shams interview took place, but we know it's going to drop the morning of the Denver game. The result has to be I'm playing in this Denver game. And for it to not happen, it's just like, it's an indictment on everybody. And yeah, you, if you want to blame Embiid for it mostly, that I'm fine with that. But like everybody needs to be a part of that of that decision making because sure. yes the yes the playoffs matter the most but also this other stuff matters it matters yeah. to joel someone should have got gotten in his, i don't know what i don't know how that gets missed i just don't understand like i'm a guy that like i love a plan i need a plan i can't just be like ah eh, we'll feel it out like it'll be fine whatever because it, the end result was like that was dog shit like that was what? a dog shit end result to play both games of a back-to-back to lose both games of the back-to-back to look like shit in the second end of it and to not play the denver game it, it's an, an embarrassing like a professional organization and Embiid, whether with an agent or with a more holistic view of things, whatever, that wouldn't happen. That would not happen on a in a better in a better run situation. I, I shouldn't have. I would I would agree. The only thing that I would keep expressing is that I think he has to take more ownership of sure, that. I'm fine I with think. that. Because because eventually uh, they're gonna they're gonna listen to whatever he has to say in that situation. They're a vet, they're at the end of the day, they're gonna default to it. And the one the thing the excuse I will not allow them, even though I understand the reasoning, is because I think Kyle Newbeck said this. He's like, Well, the big problem was they didn't. They, they lost that Golden State game. And if they had won the Golden State game, then they could, but they didn't. They didn't yeah. win the Golden State game. They lost the Golden State game. So if you're, if you're going to punt a game, I think we all look at it in retrospect and say that the Phoenix game is the game that you punt and the giant MVP game. And by the way, it's not, it, he cares about the MVP. Obviously, he cares about that game. And, and so do we, and so do the fans. And yeah, there's so no, the fans there's, care There's nothing too. bad about yeah. wanting to win the big biggest individual's against, trophy yes, in the sport. Yes. Yes. For all of us who, who, you know, yell about it and yeah. argue about it and all that kind of shit. Like, and it would be matters. like, yes, it's more than that. Obviously the Sixers winning a championship is the ultimate goal, but, uh, and the ultimate game, but it's not the ultimate game. Otherwise they wouldn't play it again play next it year. Again next year. Yeah. But the, it, it is validating for, a, a the kind of fan that, listen that we are and listen to the podcast and have been around since the fucking beginning of the process for the guy who didn't play two years, who they said, be patient for who the process essentially was named after. And then he took the name for himself for that guy to win an MVP would be a big deal. Yes. And it's not just like vanity. Like that's, that would be validating in a very satisfying way. And it would be emotional and it'd be cool. It will be great. And, and we want that for him. We want that for us. We want that for everybody that got fired uh in those inter- intervening years um not everybody some of the people that got fired in yeah. the intervening years yeah but yeah i mean look he's a great player when he turns it on he's excellent the defense at the beginning of this game looked horrendous um across the board love that um, block off- on luca at the I end i love the block it. on luca but the offense looks sluggish too like there's yeah. like time for it but like it's just the the team is not going to get it is not going to have an answer for how how often how much they need Embiid on defense because when they when he has to lift, you saw it in the Warriors game, 
but even Dallas did it. When Embiid has to lift and come up and either cover a, a pick and roll or switch onto like a, a big that can shoot, Maxi Kleba kind of thing, like they will just back cut us all day long. It's just so many back cuts. The Warriors got a bunch of it. Phoenix got some. Like there couldn't and there's nobody back there to rim protect, which is why, partially why I, I, I'm in favor of the occasional B-ball Paul at the four. But uh they're just they just don't communicate on defense. They're slow. They're still pretty unathletic overall. They're and small, uh, and they're and they're pretty dumb. They just don't they just don't talk, and they just help on whoever on whoever off a one pass wide open three all the time, and that that is ultimately why. Even though I said I was, I never said I was back. I did say I was in a different place, mm-hmm. and with the offense at full strength, I I am in a different place. I'm just I just have not trusted the defense for a minute this season. And I, I, I don't think I'm going to trust it in the playoffs. I think with full effort all the time and, and focus, we could get there to be better. But I still think like there's not enough cohesion on the defensive end and there's not enough just like innate talent uh, in five guys you could put out there because they're too small or too unathletic or, or just not very smart. We have something incredibly important to get to as, as CJ is back. We'll get to that in a second. We have to, there was a picture released on the internet today. that was terrifying. Uh, that is Coven or Coven related. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second, right after we talk about a guy who's going to be very proud that his read is coming right before that segment. It's Adam Kasabi, the official realtor of the process. The thing about buying a home right now, and Adam specializes in the Delaware beaches, his, team there at Long and Foster, based out Long and Foster and Bethany Beach, take care of all of Delaware, all of Maryland. And we'll get to PA, New Jersey, New York, all that kind of other stuff in a second. But the thing that is true everywhere, if you're trying to buy a home, is inventory is very, very low. So it's a different issue than a couple of years ago when the market was crazy and prices were going through the roof. Right now, there's just not a lot of homes. And having a realtor who really fucking cares and really knows what he's doing is very, very, very important. Adam, especially beach homes, people want those now. You can work from home two, three days a week, whatever the fuck. Who wouldn't want to do that at the Delaware beaches where the property taxes are low? Adam Kasebe, K-S-E-B-E, the official realtor of the process. As I mentioned, any Delaware Shore location whether it is Lewis, whether it's Bethany, whether it is uh, Rehoboth, all of the places. You want to buy a home down there, Kasabi is your guy. Buy the house, rent it out for three quarters of the summer. It'll pay your mortgage for the entire year. Then you have an investment and you have a place where you can go on vacation. Adam Kasabi, K-S-E-B-E. And by the way, if you're looking to buy or sell a home in PA, New Jersey, New York, anywhere but Delaware or Maryland, Adam can't do that for you specifically, but he is the one that you're going to call or email because he will find the exact right realtor for your situation. He even interviews them to find that person. When I was looking for a home in New Jersey, he did that for me as well. 302-864-8643, 302-864-8643, Adam at processrealtor.com. That is Adam at processrealtor.com. So, We were missing CJ on our last pod and we received a threatening video from an anonymous um, person of the, uh, from the the group, uh, uh, now you have me fucked up. How does he say it? CJ, can you put the video up? 
It's got to be Coven. Can you put the original video up, CJ, in a second? I, I don't know Jesus. if CJ wants to do it. It's a little... Asking well, him to do this is, is a little... Yeah, so... I don't know. Oh, cool. I think CJ... Oh, there we go. Here's the video. This brings me no joy. Mm-hmm. I am at an undisclosed location. And I am an anonymous member of Coven. There we go. Coven. I know I know how I know how he pronounces it. I'm saying this this person who is suspiciously similar accent to someone who's been on the show a number of times. Funny Tony. Yeah. Pronounces a lot of things wrong. (laughs) An awful lot of things wrong. Yeah. Just because as does my dad. Right. And if my dad pronounced something wrong, even if he was a terrorist, I would correct it. Right. And so here I am doing that. So now we don't know who was behind that mask. However, somebody did point out, CJ, could you bring up when, when I co-hosted Mike, when you were out, um, you know, maybe this was a year ago, Amos co-hosted with me, Tony T came up and there was an exchange between Tony and CJ that was of note. Okay. Who's the fucking hot guy? CJ, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> CJ, you can pop up, man. I can see you. What's up, man? Yo, come closer. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get my water. I'm a little nervous. Yo, t- Tony, so, what have so, you been up to, man? Partying, so we, man. So we had that which is, is certainly of note. And then if you're, if you're listening to the pod, this is very important that you see this image that came up. We were fed an image today from an anonymous source on the dark web of th- this photo right here. Mm. It is horrifying. Now, if, if you're not looking at it, CJ is, is that on CJ? the- That's CJ at the bottom? Yeah. CJ is on the floor. CJ, I don't know if you can make In a that. kinetic shirt too. That's there tough. Yeah. CJ is blindfolded <laughs> on, on the floor of a, a dirty bathroom. Looks like from Saw. I like the tile though. Yeah. <laughs> then a Tony, or not Tony T, and the anonymous member of Coven. You're connecting it. You're making that connection. You're drawing that line. I'm saying that it, you you would have to be crazy to not notice that he looks similar. Mm-hmm. So and, we got and, that. And, and sounds similar. <laughs> it sounds and has been, to my knowledge, in the 10 years of this podcast, the only puppet to be on the podcast. Well, he's a real guy, though. I mean, he yeah, I guess puppet. I guess you could you could say he is yeah. a puppet. Mm-hmm. So so what what this anonymous member of coven wanted was for us to recount the vote of the process hall of fame the daryl morey podcast when he was president of the rockets from the bubble beat tony t song which is uh, me and Kyrie, which was a hit that came out we did not we said as i said to you on the last pod we do not negotiate with terrorists we have never negotiated with terrorists that has mm-hmm. been a long-standing moral ground that we have held we did not negotiate however cj is back today you know it's interesting because 
CJ, could you pop up for the rest of this? It's a little bit of a conundrum because I do think had Coven not not kidnapped CJ, that Coven kidnapping CJ could be the induction, could be inducted to the Process Hall of Fame next year. Right. But because we have a, a rule in the Hall of Fame that no terrorist can be inducted into the hall of fame long standing it's sort of like an oroboro it's like eating itself yeah of like well it would be in there but it wasn't but it wouldn't be it wouldn't exist if it didn't so that's a real close call for someone that looks and sounds like tony t uh in his quest to make the process hall of fame he has essentially banned himself from making the process hall of fame Right. As of now, as the way it stands now. So, but what we don't have, even though we saw that picture, CJ, could you tell us about the, assuming you were abducted, how were you treated? How did you get out? How did we end up here? I mean, for the most part, it was pretty foggy Mm. um, looking back on the experience. So I'd rather just kind of go on to the next segment. Oh no, that's fine. I do, Mike. I do appreciate you uh, mentioning our Hall of Fame rule. Yeah. Not not inducting any terrorist organizations or activities in there. Yeah. Um, I do respect that a lot. So thank you for sticking out for that. Whoa, 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 whoa. So you're not going to tell us what happened? Yeah. You no, know, I'd rather. Well, he's got the blindfold on the whole time. Move. Yeah. Something. Some things were foggy. I don't remember that part specifically too much, but uh, we're here. I'm back. Ready to. Is there. Is there anything to the to the claim that I heard that you were sopping wet the entire time? The entire time you were kept in a sort of a wet, foggy, soaking wet room. Yeah, I mean, I I sweat as much as the next guy probably. So there might have been a level, okay, a a mixture, maybe a little bit of a little bit of both. I wasn't really thinking about that too much at the time. It was sort of all kind of a blur. Well, I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry. Uh, Are we sure it the... happened? Are we sure he's not involved? Wow. They're in on it together? I'm just saying to, to he, get won't what? Even, he won't fucking talk about it. CJ, who'd you, who'd you vote for for the Process Hall of Fame? Yeah. Mm, yeah, I don't, I don't vote and tell. You don't vote and tell? No, I keep my votes to myself. Wow. Specifically for... I need to submit a FOIA request for <laughs> CJ's voting record. I'm going to contact the damn govs. Mm. I was going to say, know. check IP addresses, but I don't know how to do that. I don't know if you could even do that. I should have threatened you. Interesting. Well, I'm sorry that it happened Yeah. either to you or by you. Uh, and I'm sorry to the listeners that have, uh, that have left. <laughs> 52 minutes in. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're actually doing quite well. All right. A couple of emails and voicemails before we get out of there. The, the COVID thing is not wrapped up yet. Obviously if, if someone's going to kidnap our producer to adjust something on the podcast, we're going to prosecute to the fullest extent of the law. So I will not rest until we find out what the hell happened to CJ. We right, are going so- to prosecute. Yes, we will, as an organization, we will prosecute. Okay. Right, <laughs> Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Isaac. My name is Isaac and I'm a big fan. On the last pod, someone left a voicemail and asked where your favorite cereal was. Both of you dodged the question. 
which makes me think something suspicious is going on. My non-basketball question is, what is your favorite cereal and why did you duck this question the last time? Wow. I don't think we ducked it. I think it was just a long voicemail or something. Do you have a favorite cereal? I don't eat cereal. Any, any, it's been a long time since I've like regularly eaten cereal, but I do know what my favorite is. Um, I would say if I had no... There's a bunch. And I go through phases. Mm-hmm. But I would say... Oh, you know what? what we're, my, my mom's going to know. I really liked Alphabets. As a alphabets. Kid. Alphabets, that's right. Yeah, they're good. I really liked Alphabets as a kid. I had a lot of that. I also liked a, a Smacks. Honey Smacks. Yep. Yep. Which I think we're, I think they changed the name from Honey Smacks to something else. Well, there was Golden Grams. Those are separate. No, Golden Grams are, are my favorite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's one other one. I can't remember what I liked. But I, I haven't had those. I haven't had those in a while. I actually love frosted mini wheats too. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, those are good. The the texture of those is easily the best. Yeah, and I like I like that I feel full after that. Most cereals, when I eat the cereal, I could eat seventeen bowls of cereal and not not feel full. But frosted mini wheats, I feel like I, I've eaten something. Yeah, I will say those when when those get too sopping wet, they are we're in, we're in, like CJ. Uh, they become very uh, tasteless and bad. Especially like when they're sopping wet with their own sweat. Mm-hmm. 833 yeah. lick face. They don't put that on the box. No. <laughs> Frosted three, three, Eats will sweat. Hey guys. <laughs> First time, long time. This is Raphael from Venezuela. Venezuela from South America, not Minnesota. For some reason, Americans tend to get that wrong. So all I wanted to say was there's no way you guys can negotiate with terrorists. Last time the Sixers negotiated with terrorists, they ended with Markel Fultz instead of Jason Tatum and sending an extra pick to get Matisse Feifel. So just don't, no negotiating with terrorists. Mike, I think the most interesting thing about that call is that his suggestion that people in the United States first think of Minnesota when they think of Venezuela. I guess they sound similar, kind of. I, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I do like the indication that Danny Ainge is a terrorist. That yeah. is something that I agree with. Uh, and we'll ride, we'll ride for all the yeah, time. Of course, of course. Um, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Ezra. The basketball question Paul Reed is fourth in the league in offensive boards per 36. Hell yeah. That's his, his non basketball question. What is your favorite nickname for farts or farting? Do you have one? Uh, Cutting the cheese, tooting. Uh, when I was in grade school, we called it beefing. Did you ever call it a beef? Sometimes, yeah. I don't think I have a favorite. I don't think I do. Um, I like I like saying toot. I think toot is fun. Yeah. Um, let's do one more voicemail. Eight three three lick face. Um, how about this one? I don't even know what this one. Hey guys, is. William from Virginia. Basketball. A few years ago. Doc Rivers didn't play Maxie very much in the regular season, then kind of turned him loose in the playoffs. Do you think he has any surprises like that for this year's playoffs? And more importantly, non-basketball, if you found yourself uh, as a homeless person, would you try to rob a bank knowing that you either would get away with it 
and not be homeless, or you would go to jail where you had a bed and food provided for you. Thanks. It's a good plan. No, jail doesn't seem great. Uh, I would probably not go all the way to bank. I would probably try to rob something else smaller and easier yeah. to rob. Yeah. Robbing a bank seems hard. Like you're probably not going to get away with it. Yeah. I've seen it in movies a lot. Like they, yeah. did, they press the button. They press the button and they look yeah. like they didn't press the button. As I was prepared to commit a lot of murder. I don't think I would be doing that. No. Um, I don't think Doc has anything up his sleeve aside from... Maybe robbing a bank. Maybe robbing a bank. I Deadman's gonna start a playoff game. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I think if Embiid, yeah, yeah. I think if Embiid is is injured at any point, I do think that uh, there's a there's a decent chance that 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 is what happens. Yeah, decent. Ninety nine. He might play like seven minutes, yeah. but I I think yeah he could he'll probably. Yeah. Oh, you know, we'll end on this one because it says Jaden Springer in the title. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it is Springer related. And I, I was going to bring him up anyway, so yeah. may as well do it. 833 Lickface. Hey guys, it's Nick from Australia here. So that Nuggets game is pretty annoying, the Joel Embiid situation. But the positive to come out of it is Mike was absolutely right. Jaden Springer can play ball. And uh, I don't know why we ever doubted Mike, given that uh, that guy called him the greatest basketball mind to ever exist or whatever the quote was, something like that. He develops the three ball, him and Maxi. That's going to be good. Keep McDaniels, keep Springer. When we go out in the second round this year, sure, everyone, half the team will leave. Joel will probably request a trade, but Maxi, Springer, McDaniels, you know, this could work. Anyway, bye. You know. What an international on. flavor to the voicemails today. Yeah. Venezuela, Australia. Maybe Doc's big surprise for the playoffs is Jaden Springer minutes. What do it, you think? It arguably should be. Uh, you would argue. I would argue. And I would, I would argue Colvin correctly. And, and, and you're going to kidnap Doc Rivers' producer and hold him until Doc plays Jaden Springer during the playoffs. He looked so good on defense. He locked up Jamal Murray. And preventing them from scoring, got them back in the game. We didn't talk about the Denver game that much, but like huh. an impressive near comeback. There was never a chance they would actually win. I do actually respect Doc Right, staying with those guys that brought him back in. I love getting Corkmaz some minutes. They looked good. Springer is just like he's an excellent defensive player. He fights around screens. He slides his feet so well. I did hate it. Corkmaz helped on on a couple of those plays, and I'm like, buddy, you're not helping. We should name help something else because oftentimes it's of no help whatsoever. It's fresh. That's frustrating to me, but I love, I love Jaden Springer. I do just want for one goddamn garbage time, a ball to be swung to him and he goes up and shoots it. That is the one thing preventing him from being an NBA player right now. So I would like that to see that. Uh, otherwise it's going to be hard to get him in the rotation next year, but the defense plays, he's a strong player. 
You could, the difference between him, so Doc's been doing Daniel House for these like one possessions. And I don't trust, I don't think Dan, Dan House is listening. And I think Jaden Springer is coachable. And if Doc told Jaden Springer, do not shoot, do not do anything aside from guard this guy the entire time, don't let him breathe, and don't help off of him. I think he could do that. I don't, Daniel House is going to freelance a little bit. I don't think so. I, I believe in Jaden Springer, meaningful playoff, not minute, but like <laughs> 10 seconds. And steal. Yeah, well, I think you'll get 10 seconds at one point. We What did we get? One minute of Zaire. Zaire, right? Yep. You got yep. a minute of Zaire. Yep. So. Got to use those guys. Phillies. Philly just went out and got Christian Pache. Like, you got to use your, you got to use your fast guys, your guys that play defense. You got to use them. Got to use them. That guy's like the Matisse of baseball, right? That guy yeah, that just got... is, is yeah, not a, not a good not not a good hitter at all. Yeah. But he's young. He's twenty four. I like having a little more defense. We'll see. Uh, that's all we got. Who do they play Friday night? Do we play? Uh, we, we play got, Boston on Tuesday, right? We got the final four, women, women and men's final four, Friday, Saturday. That's gonna be good. Uh, but yeah, Sixers, Raptors on Friday. Oh, right. And then Sixers, Bucks, Sunday night. Yes. And then the Celtics on Tuesday. Yeah. Fucking really, gauntlet, buddy. It's a gauntlet. The gauntlet. And then and then the Heat and the Hawks, and then that's the season. Yeah. Wow. And then uh and well, and then the Nets and then, and the Nets, then, sorry, and then, Nets and then Library. Oh, yeah. by the way, how many Jesus. Last time I checked, Kyle Dunks? tweeted this. B-Ball Paul had scored 59 fewer points than Ben Simmons on the year. And how many did B-Ball score tonight? Six? Uh, five. Five. So he scored 54 fewer points. So he has six games to score 54 points. I don't think he's going to get there. Unless the last two games don't matter for some reason, and he plays... 25 minutes each game maybe that's something to root for if the uh if the tobias dunk yeah dunk evolution doesn't happen He's, would love tobias to talk to him 49. about it at live ricky five that he outscored ben simmons i'm sure that won't be awkward at all if yeah for sure me. we'll talk to you saturday morning welcome back cj even though we don't know what happened are you down with ttp yeah you know if you don't fuck with me then i won't fuck with you if you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck, fuck, fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a friend.